What's a death panel? And how do you manage them with no regrets? Hey everybody, this is Nancy May from Doing It Best with Elder Care Success. And welcome to Summer Shorts. What are summer shorts? Well, everybody knows what those are. Those are the fun things that you buy in the store that have bright colors. They could have palm trees, alligators, flamingos, whatever they are on your shorts for the summertime. But here, they're just a little different. We're doing summer shorts, elder care success style, where we're taking 15-minute segments and giving you tips, ideas, resources, and fun things that you can do to make life easier, better, and in some cases, less expensive while taking care of those that you love, be it a parent, a spouse, a partner, or anybody else in your family member. So hang tight. It's summer shorts. Hey everybody, this is Nancy May, and yes, this is another episode of Summer Shorts. This one's a difficult subject, and one that many people don't even know about. It's death panels. It was a word or a term that I had heard sort of in and out in the whole care process, but never really understood exactly what they were about. It sounds something like out of World War II, but unfortunately, these things are happening today. And it's a term that is quietly used in some cases in the healthcare industry as well, or in the hospital setting. I experienced a death panel myself, and I'll explain what it is. But first of all, let me just take a step back and explain something about a conversation I had with the CEO of a very prominent healthcare system a number of years back. And when we were talking about this particular issue, and a number of things that were going on in the healthcare industry. She explained that the most expensive time of life in the healthcare system or hospital system is birth and end of life. And she was concerned where to put most of her energy. She preferred to say birth is more important than end of life. So you know where that story went. She got angry and almost walked away from that conversation. But that's the kind of mentality that's going on in our healthcare system that you need to first be aware of as a caregiver. The second is, before you even get to a point to even facing a death panel, is to understand how to do your due diligence or just watch what's going on with your primary care provider for your parents. We had a doctor who was, I thought, okay, based on a friend's referral for my folks. In the end, what I learned is that he had been taking cardiograms and EKGs and all sorts of tests from my dad's heart, which always came out positive. There was never an issue. But later on, as we got a cardiologist, I learned that that was not the case. Either the tests were not read at all or were not correct. That same doctor pushed the death of another friend from a very simple procedure. Now, I'm going to laugh a little bit here because don't you just love the way the healthcare system has downgraded an operation to the term procedure, making it seem simple and nothing to worry about? But anytime you have a procedure, or an operation going on, it's something that's serious and to be concerned about. And yes, there is a possibility of death. In this case, she was intubated. And when they took the tube out, it lacerated her entire esophagus. And the tube apparently had been too large for her throat and her body. And she almost died from internal bleeding. When she confronted the doctor, the doctor finally never really admitted but said, don't worry about the bill. I'll take care of everything. I pause because to me, that's an admission of guilt. 
But then I am not an attorney or a medical professional. Another doctor we had for mom and dad towards the end of their life decided to take mom off of her blood pressure medicines because she was too old and really didn't need it. She suffered from a massive brain bleed, which ultimately caused her death. These are two examples, actually three examples of what's going on in some of the situations around our country and why you need to really question your own healthcare providers who are taking care of your parents especially if they deal predominantly in geriatrics. Another case was a gentleman, he had had an operation as a result of a broken hip, had fallen at home, broke his hip, was in rehab. The rehab facility did not come to his bedside when he needed to get up and go to the bathroom. And a proud man decided that it was his responsibility to get out of bed so he did not soil himself. Now, I totally understand that. Who wants to, who wants to sit in their own urine or poop? Really, even as a child and as an adult, I don't certainly want to. And I haven't gotten to that point, thankfully, yet. But still, he got out of bed without the response of the care facility to come and help him or rehab facility. He fell again, broke his other hip. The surgeon said they could not perform another surgery on this man within such a short period of time. All they could do was make him comfortable. The poor guy was in excruciating pain. His kidney started to shut down. They put him on dialysis, which was extremely painful for him. And very quickly, he said, I'm done. He died two weeks later, all because somebody didn't come to his aid to help him safely get out of bed. These stories are not uncommon. And although they are happening more frequently than we even know about, we as caregivers really don't even know that these are happening. But I'm telling you now because I think it's important. Now, let me get onto the death panel. A death panel is a group of professionals in a hospital who make the decision to either go forward with a procedure or an operation for an elderly parent or an elderly patient or not. In our particular case, my dad started to have heart problems as a result. Well, I'm not sure if it was a result, but we probably could have jumped ahead of this issue a lot faster if we had known that the doctor was either not taking the cardiograms or the heart tests properly and not reading them or not reading them at all and not giving us the proper results. But in this case, it came to a point where we had to decide, do we do a heart valve replacement or do we do nothing? I did extensive research on the possibility of survival based on my dad's age, insurance issues, costs. So we knew if we had to pick up the cost personally, what that would be and the risks associated with it. Now, I knew my dad's wishes were fight to the end, and we did. In this particular case, the cardiologist told us that the hospital's board was not willing to go forward with the procedure. However, this fellow, this doctor, knew how we took care of mom and dad and was, in his terms, impressed and told me on the side that, you know, Nancy, you can contest this decision, and here's how it goes. So he explained the procedure, what would happen for the procedure for my dad, what the risks were. We had a very deep and serious discussion. And then he explained who the people in the room would be on this panel if, in fact, I wanted to contest and fight their decision. I said yes. And literally 20 minutes before that window was closing was the time that I was allowed to finally go in and meet with these people. There were five individuals. It was my dad's cardiologist, a hospital board member, the chief of surgery, a financial advisor or a financial accountant is what I understand it was. Anyway, somebody in finance at the hospital and another person who I had no idea who they were and myself. The room was dark, no windows, 
off to the side in a back corner of the hospital where I was quickly ushered in and forced to sit down. Now, anybody who knows me also knows that I've had experience in some pretty big corporations working with boards of directors and CEOs, and I know that that power seat is right at the front of the table. Unfortunately, I was not allowed to sit there, but I did the next best thing. I sat at the end of the row next to dad's cardiologist and explained our situation. They gave me the options. I discussed my homework and shared everything and fought like hell. There was silence. Quietly, after a pause, our cardiologist spoke up and said, if I did not know Nancy, her dad, and the care team that supported her and him and her mom, I would not be here to endorse her decisions. They said, thank you. They paused. They asked to deliberate. And shortly thereafter, I was told that they agreed to go forward. Now, this was not an easy time for dad either. We did decide to do a slightly different procedure based on risk and his age, which was 98 at the time. But I also knew dad's wishes. And the the anger that I had for this hospital to not even consider his desires, the desires of the family, which were not unreasonable, and the support team that he had to begin with, we would not be in this situation. Thankfully, I knew how to handle myself against what I would call a rather intimidating power of authority. Yes, I did break down in what I call a quick tear or two, caught my breath, and continued on. But I also explained that if they didn't want to pay for the procedure themselves or would not put it through insurance, that we would find a way to pay for it ourselves. Not every family can do that, I understand. But it showed our commitment to my father and to his wishes. This is what's happening in hospitals today, time and time again. We don't even know about it. And I suggest that if in fact you are going through very difficult times with your parents, that you don't wait, you don't talk to people who are providing the direct hands-on care, or though I can't really say that because you'll get a lot of information from them. If you treat them well, they will treat you well, and they will give you a lot more a lot more detail than you'd ever expect. Then do your homework. Dig, fight, move fast, and ask to have your voice heard. The decision is yours, ultimately. It is not theirs. You can go against their wishes if you want, but you will also be told what the risks are. And in some cases, you may be asked or required to remove any sort of liability from their side. I wanted to share this because Another woman I recently met has put together a film or a trailer for a film that she's working on on some of the situations that are similar to this in the care facilities around the country. Her own mom has gone through something like this and sadly passed. Unfortunately, the pain and suffering that her mother went through was excruciating. And watching this trailer made me pause to a point where I couldn't catch my breath. If she will give me permission, I will share that. If not, I will put it in the show notes and let you know when the movie will be coming out. It's something that's important that we all understand when caring for somebody that we love. End-of-life care is not easy, but we do actually have the right to fight for what our parents want at the end of life. It's not our decision. It's theirs. So on that note, this has been a tough summer short. And even though the sun is shining, hopefully where you are, and the days are getting a little shorter again, the decisions that we make are hopefully ones that we will never regret. And I can tell you that you will likely not regret them if you do and fight for what your parents want. Your heart will remain hurt no matter what when they pass, but 
regrets, there will be few. And that's it for this summer short. Take care. Have a great day. This show is sponsored by Caremanity, the publishers of How to Survive 911 Medical Emergencies, a step-by-step guide before, during, and after. For your own personalized free file of life, go to www.howtosurvive911.com. All trademarks, brands, and comments are not intended to be substitutes for medical, financial, or legal advice. Please consult a medical, legal, or financial professional for issues relevant to your own personal situation. This show is produced by Caremanity LLC. All rights reserved. Copyright 2021 Caremanity LLC.